Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Why don't you just uh, turn and say hello to someone that's uh, around you. Give them a warm greeting and a welcome. So good. So good. Just before... um, I start the message. I just thought it would be just great just to linger in the presence of God and just to wait on God for a couple of moments. We're in this series that's called Spirit Come Down. And part of this series is this expectation that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. And part of how we access that is learning to wait. And so we're just going to take a couple of moments, not too many moments, but a couple of moments just before we start. And as we were worshipping, I felt that maybe in this time, there's some things that are on your heart, maybe some things that are on your mind that you could surrender to God, that you could give to God, that you could go, hey God, I don't really know what to do with this. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's anxiety. And just this act of saying, hey God, I I release this, I'm holding on to it. I'm experiencing it. It's a present reality for me, but I just give you permission to work in this area. So would you join me just for a minute and just wait on God. You can do that maybe by um, opening your hands, allowing the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Father, just to come into your heart. And there may be things that you are reminded of or things that are on your mind. Maybe disappointments, maybe hurts. Maybe you're in the middle of something that's difficult. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is present. So Holy Spirit, come down in this place. Come down in this place. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our hearts. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we just release the power of your presence right now. The anointing of God right now. Have your way. Have your way in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So good. So good. Thank you so much, Naomi. At the end of the service, uh, Naomi's going to be singing a song that she wrote as part of this this sermon series. And so, uh, yeah, we uh, are really, really appreciative of uh, that and we have that to look forward to. So we're in this series called Spirit Come Down and it's a series on the Holy Spirit. 
And we've been talking about what's recorded in the Bible about 2,000 years ago, the day of Pentecost. We've been referencing, referencing this scripture from Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. You can follow that along if you've got a device or you can listen to the sound of my voice as I read it out. And it says, Acts 2 verse 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this was a moment of change. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about how that has changed you in ways that you probably don't even know or realize what happened, the birth of the church. But one thing that we've got to remember is this group of people that were there in this room at this moment who became the leaders of the church that has impacted billions and billions of people and of which we are part of right now. These people weren't the most educated. They weren't even the ones. They hung around Jesus for about three years and he had a lot of trouble with them. But something happened in that moment and these people, even Peter who had denied Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit, he had denied Jesus in a private place with a servant girl who asked him. He was the same person not many days later, who is standing in a public court who had a boldness to claim that he belonged to Jesus and that he was the one to take the message of Jesus forward. So this powerful, powerful transformation that happened. The people that were fearful became fearless and the church began to expand. And so today... I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to investigate three questions that most Christians have at some point when it comes to the filling and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So maybe you have these, maybe you have had those in some way. But here are three questions that most Christians have about the Holy Spirit. And the first one is this, is the Spirit full life for every Christian? This is what we think about. One of the other ways that we would position this question is, was the day of Pentecost, that scripture, Acts chapter 2 that I read, was that a once-off event? Was that a little bit, you know, we know that Jesus died on the cross and uh, he was rose again. Was it kind of like a a once-off event, like a historical event in the life of the church where just a group of people, those that were there in the room, they were the ones who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then from there, it's, it's different from us. And so we're going to begin to explore this. And this first question, was the Spirit filled, is the Spirit full life for every Christian and also for every church? Well, the thing that I would say is, if that was the case, if it was just a historical event, something in the past, where does that leave us now? Where does that leave me? Let me start 
with myself and my imperfections and the things that I can't do. This life that God has called me, I know that God has called me to live my whole life to serve him. But do I have to do that on, in my own strength? What about you, the challenges that you're facing? I know that they're real. The things that are going through your mind, the things that you're dealing with. Does this mean that this is just something in the past and that we have to do this Christian life on our own? What about our church? You know, this wonderful church that I have the privilege of being a part of and so many amazing people that are here. Do we have to just kind of tough it out? Do we just have to rely on our own abilities, our own hard work? Yes, we work hard, but is that it? And I want to say that the spiritful life is for every Christian. One of my first jobs was McDonald's. Anyone else work at McDonald's? Yeah, I've got yeah, probably bigger response than I thought. So I was paid uh, back in the day like $4.85 an hour to work at McDonald's. And uh, McDonald's is famous for the upsell. Would you like fries with that? Would you like the large size? I want to say that the spiritful life, it's not an upsell. It's included. It's included in the price. It's not that up optional extra when you go to buy a car or different things, it is included in the price. And what we need to know, the first thing that we need to know is we need to change the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, from a historical event to a personal expectation. My expectation, and hopefully I'm inviting to you for your expectation, to be that the Holy Spirit would dwell within you. First question. The second question is this. Aren't Christians already filled with the Spirit? Now we say that because we know and we've heard the uh, scriptures like 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3 that says we can't even say that Jesus Christ is Lord without the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's something that we know. That the Holy Spirit is at the centre of everything that God is doing on the earth. He's the presence of God on the earth. He's at the center of everything. So when we become a Christian, we can't do that on our own strength. We can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But does that mean that then we are filled with the Spirit in the way that is described in Acts and other parts of the Bible? And uh, to explore this concept, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 3. And my wife has already read part of this passage uh, without us communicating. But I want to read, isn't that kindred spirit? Kindred spirit. Any, Anna Green Gables fans here? No, it's a bit old. All right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14. Again, you can read along or listen. This is the Apostle Paul's epic prayer. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Now, quick note here. In Jewish culture, kneeling was not normal. For us Christians, we associate kneeling with prayer very naturally. But for the Jews, not a natural thing. So you see uh, in 
uh, pictures of Jerusalem and in Israel, you see them standing to pray. That was normal. Now, in the Bible, there's a couple of significant times where people kneeled to pray. One of them is Solomon at the dedication of the temple. But so here, this is a significant moment that Paul is kneeling to pray before the Father. He says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Listen to this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a powerful scripture. And so there's three things that are significant about this scripture. The first thing is that Paul is praying for the church. So he's praying for people who are already Christians. And he's, he's praying this. He's praying that Christians would, be, would have the power of the Spirit to be filled with the love of the Spirit. That's a summary of what's going on here. He's saying, I want you guys to have the power of the Spirit. You can't even do it by yourself. The strength, the power of the Spirit to be filled with the love of the Spirit. So the question here is, if Christians are already filled with the Spirit, why bother? If we already have everything that we need because we make that decision to accept Jesus... Why would he bother praying this prayer? And here's the other thing that's significant is that we can be filled but not full. We can be filled but not full. So my son Joe, he has a, uh, a system in his school, a behaviour system so I'll, I'll describe it to you. You don't need to comment on its effectiveness, but it's kind of like a peg system. So he goes up and he goes down, depends on behavior. All right, so there's, he can go up to kind of good, by good behavior and then by talking in class, he can go down. Now, what we understand is from this passage in that the filling of the Spirit is something of degrees, Okay, it's something of degrees, what one commentator has described it. But not in the way that we earn it. We don't earn the filling of the Spirit. Probably in a different way. Those couples that have been married for a long time, you would know that you can fall more and more in love with the person than you ever thought possible. And sometimes your heart of love can change with a person. That's a bit more what I believe that Paul is talking about here, that we can be filled with more and more love. Let me give you another example here. So this is a jar. And I can put some water in here, maybe a cup of water. And this jar can be filled but not full. You understand? And this is what it can be like for us. We can have... A filling of the Spirit, 
but not full. What Paul says here is that we need to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Just a short drive from here, about 20 minutes, we could go to Sandgate, okay? And we could encounter the Pacific Ocean, so close, only 20 minutes away. Amazing, right? And I could take this jar and I could dip that into the ocean and this jar would be filled to the fullness. It would be filled to overflowing. Now, this jar would be full. The ocean, it would be hardly touched. It would be essentially no different. I believe that this is a picture or image of what it means to be filled to the fullness of God. That we take our vessel, that we take who we are, and we open ourselves up to God and say, God, I want to jump in. Some of us, we need to take the lid off. We need to jump in and we need to submerse ourselves in the things of God and allow ourselves to be full, filled to the fullness of God. Do you know sometimes we want to be the ones to do uh, define our own measure and say, hey, I, God, I, I want to be the ones to define the one to define my measure. Am I full? But God says, look, let me define what it means to be filled to the fullness of God. We can be filled but not full. That's the second question. Aren't Christians already filled with the Holy Spirit? And I believe that God's plan, His intention, is that we keep coming back to His vast ocean of love, the presence of God, and keep dipping who we are into Him and what He's doing. My final point, Final question is this. Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And if we aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, we will always be dealing with God externally. Let me explain what I mean by this. If we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, Christianity will remain at the level of theory Logic and external evidence. The external evidence for Christianity, for Jesus, is huge. It's, it's all around us. So we've got compelling historical evidence for the existence of Jesus. We've got historical records, not just from the Bible, but from non-Christian, uh, Greek and Roman and Jewish historians. So we know that Jesus existed. We also have evidence for the resurrection, compelling external evidence. We have an increasing weight of archaeological evidence. Every year, more and more evidence around the Bible is found. Recently, there was a, uh, a, a historical record of one of King David in the Old Testament. His battle at Golan Heights was found. 
So we just keep uncovering more and more evidence. Sometimes people will say, well, that, doesn't, that didn't happen because that town or that place didn't exist. Next minute, they'll begin to do an excavation there and they'll see a, uh, a evidence of an archaeological uh, city there. External evidence. We have the external evidence, the benefits of Christian values. The idea of valuing every human life. That came from Jesus. I've never met anybody actually, especially an atheist, who hasn't had some kind of input of Christian values around the way that they treat people. And this, what Jesus said, do to others and treat others like you want to be treated. There is this weight of external evidence, the legal term and concept duty of care comes from the idea and the story that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan. So our legal system, it is kind of built on Judeo-Christian values. We have impacts on our educations, hospitals, charities. There's some research that's been done that says 75% of global charity contribution comes from Christians. So this idea that generosity is actually changing the world. We've got contributions to human progress from Christians, including the science and technology and medicine and fine arts, architecture, politics, literature, music, philanthropy, philosophy, ethics, theatre and business. Christianity and Christians have shaped the world. We have Influential figures who have become Christians, two-thirds of the Nobel Prize laureates uh, describe themselves as Christians. We've got celebrities and prominent figures who are Christians. Even our own Prime Minister at the moment is a Christian. We've got all this external evidence. Sometimes the external evidence is even the miracles that we've seen, sometimes in ourselves. And sometimes in the people around us. So there's this weight of evidence. And this external evidence is good and useful. But it doesn't have transformational power. It doesn't have transformational power. I'm going to invite Naomi back to the keyboard. And to be filled with something, it means that it touches our inner being. It means that it touches our inner being. I'm going to say this a couple of times. When we are filled with something, it means that it it impacts our heart. And my question is, what will touch your heart? What will touch your soul? What will heal the pain of your past? What will meet you with your emotions? External evidence is good, but it's all on the outside. To be filled with something means that it gets on the inside. And this is what God wants to say to us. He wants to say to us, He wants to say, I don't want you just to know about me. 
but I want you to know me. I want you to experience me. The idea of baptism, the the word picture associated with that is a dye, like a coloured dye. Imagine you've got a white cloth and you put it in a blue coloured dye. That dye, that water, would just soak through every single piece of fabric. God is saying He wants to infuse your life. He wants to fill you with the fullness. He doesn't just want Christianity to be external. He doesn't just want it to be theory. I'm thankful for all the things, all the benefits to society that Christianity has brought. But it's meaningless unless we allow it to get in our spirit. To get in our spirit. Unless we allow the presence of God to begin to imprint our soul. To imprint our soul. And Jesus, why Jesus came is He came to take religion. He came to take the idea of relationship with God out of the external and into the internal. He came to take it into the heart. He came to give you a knowing. He came to give you a conviction about who Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit is the evidence of God in the human heart. I'm going to say this again. The Holy Spirit is the evidence of God in the human heart. It's the power of God for transformation. It's the source of love that sustains us. And when you are filled with the Spirit, filled to the fullness, there is a push of love within you. There is a filling of God. This passage, verse 18. Paul prays that we may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Here's what he says. He says, I want you to be able to grasp it. The point is not to demonstrate that it's like the ocean. It's so vast. It's so deep. But the point is to say, yes, it is so vast, so deep. But you can dip your heart into it. You can be filled. And right now I want to speak to some people and I want to make a connection. Not with me, but with the presence of God. And the question that only we can answer, only you can answer for yourself is, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's not just a one-off question. It's a daily question. Do I want to be filled to the fullness of God? Do I want to allow the overflow of God? Do I want to be filled? Do I want to shift from dealing externally with God to dealing internally with God? This is the shift of the power of the Spirit. And here's how we do it. We've been talking about making room in every room of our hearts. And in the uh, message paraphrase, it says this in Ephesians 3.17. 
It says, Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him. It says, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And my prayer and my heart is that each of us will give God the keys to our heart. We'll give God access to every room of our heart. We will withhold nothing from His presence, every room in order to allow us to be filled God just doesn't want to be a staycation in your heart. He doesn't just want to be an Airbnb. But He says, would you allow me to have a permanent dwelling in your heart? Would you allow me in your heart, in starting in your heart, but also in your body, your actions? It says in Romans, to present your body as a living sacrifice. And so if you want to make this step and take this step, I encourage you and I say to invite God to have a permanent place in your heart. That's the first thing. The second thing is to surrender control of your life. Now this is a difficult thing. And quite often we come to God and say, God, we want, I want the peace. I want the love. But please don't ask me to do anything differently. Please don't make a demand on me to change anything or to share what I have with others. And God comes into our heart and says, Hey, give me access. Let me redecorate some rooms. Let me open the blinds. Let me bring some life and freshness. Trust me to redecorate and rearrange. A word that the Bible used to describe Jesus is Lord. It means He's the boss. And this is a big concept. But is God the boss of your life? You can trust Him. When you do this, He fills your heart with peace and love in such a powerful way. And the last thing that we do is that we have faith that when we desire Him, when we have that expectation, He will fill us with His love, that He will fill us with His power, you know, sometimes we can clock off from that expectation, that present reality, that today I need the presence of God. Today I need the fullness and the filling of God. And so in a moment we're going to, uh, I'm going to ask Naomi to this song that's called Make Room. And she wrote this specially for our church and for this season. And in this time, I'm going to just allow you to go as far as you want with making space for God, desiring God. So we're going to open up the altar. 
And uh, if you want to, you can stand or kneel. Wherever you are, you can sit. Naomi's going to sing. You can just listen. Or you can sing along. The words will be up there. But as a church, and for me as the pastor of this church, we, I will declare corporately that we are a church that hungers for the presence of God. I don't know what your journey has been like. I don't know, maybe some of you are actually disappointed right now that you feel that God hasn't come through for you in the way that you expected Him to. Some of you, if you're honest, you might even be a little dry. It's been a while since you've dipped that jar in the ocean of God's fullness. Whatever it is, all you need to do is just say, God, I'm here. I want to receive more of you. So as I said, the altar is open. You can stand, sit, kneel, come to the front. The altar represents a place to, of hunger, a place to meet God and to seek God. So you can come there as well. And let's uh, create some space for the presence of God in this time.
distracted in this moment just center your heart your mind on Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord it talks about an impartation of the Holy Spirit from one person to another by the laying on of hands and 
so I'm going to ask Naomi to sing part of this again. And if you'd like just a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, a fresh impartation, doesn't matter if this is your first time or your thousandth time, but uh, just if that's you, just stand wherever you are. And some people are going to come around and just put their hand on you and just impart the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just taking a couple of more minutes and then we'll be done. But let's just value this time in the presence of God. Everything moves when I make space. 
thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing, God. Lord, we thank you that you are here in this place. God, I thank you. Thank you. God's giving us a new comfort zone in the spirit with the presence of God. Sometimes, you know, that's not normal for us. But God's saying, this is going to be the new normal. To abide in the presence of God, to hunger and thirst for the presence of God. And Lord, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're just going to, uh, Naomi's just going to play for a couple of more minutes. If you want to receive more prayer or want to just spend some time in the presence of God, feel free to <coughs> come up the front. Other than that, the team's going to bring some uh, food and some tea. Uh, we, we're not going to stop what God's doing. We're also going to continue what God's doing with our fellowship with one another and our connection. And God, we thank you for that. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.